Welcome to the Village Youth Podcast Show. Hey, so we are in a relationship series called XO, and for the next couple weeks, we are talking about a number of different things. And uh, last week was really funny at our kickoff. It's like this epic, whatever. And I said this line, and I said, uh, hey, for the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about is, we're going to talk about singleness, dating, and sex. And this one (laughs) over there, I don't know who it was, but somebody goes, ha, sex. And everybody started giggling. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys are 12. And then I was like, oh, maybe some of you are. Anyway, so today we are talking about being single, which is every single one of you in the room. And I go, and you go, you're like, nah, dude, like I'm, I'm taken. He's my favorite. And I go, no, he's not. Put a ring on it and then you'll not be single. You are all single, every single one of you. Unless you're married, you are single. If you go and do a passport right now, what's your marital status? Single. There it is. So you are all single. So uh, Paul, who is the writer of this book to Corinth, it's a letter to a church in Corinth. He writes this whole thing about some of their questions. And one of their questions was about marriage and intimacy and all these like really crazy things. So he writes this letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul, and this is what he writes. Now, concerning the matters about which you wrote. It is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. Whoa. But because of the temptation of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Verse 3, the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights. Whoa. We'll get to that. Hello. And likewise, the wife to her husband. Verse 4, for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. What? Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Verse 6, now, as a concession. So before, he's kind of saying, like, God is pretty clear about this stuff from 1 to 5. And then at 6, he goes, now, these are kind of just like my thoughts, the things that I'm thinking about. I'm just Paul. I'm like a dude. These are my thoughts. Now, as a concession, not a command, I say this. I wish that all were as, my, uh, as I myself am. Paul is single. I wish that all were as I myself am, but each has his own gift from God. Interesting that he sees singleness as a gift. One of one kind and one of another. Verse 8, to the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Wow. This is eventful stuff. Paul's talking about everything in between of mating and dating. It is crazy. Paul is going a bit nuts. Paul was a guy who lived in the first century who scholars kind of argue back and forth whether Paul at one point was actually married before he wrote this letter. For him to be a Pharisee, so sitting on this council of really smart religious people, means that as a Jewish man, he probably had to have a wife. Now, if Paul in Corinthians is saying that he is married, 
Scholars debate back and forth whether he actually was married at one point because in order to be on that council, you probably had to, or maybe he was a widow, a widower, so his wife had passed away. But at this point in the passage, he is a single man. When he writes this to the Corinthians, he is a single man. And he chooses to remain unmarried because he feels like this thing is a gift from God, which is a very interesting perspective to be in. I come from a household with a single child, hello, and a single parent. My mom was single her entire life that I have been existing. I've never seen my mom kiss anyone. That to me is like, what is happening right now? Uh, my mom has always been single. So I know that regardless of what your perspective is on singleness, I know that when Paul is saying singleness is a gift, I go 100%. 100% I can see the way that my mom devoted her life to family, devoted her life to her work, devoted her life to the church. And I see all of those things and I go, my mom was capable of doing things that other people just basically weren't able to do. Because my mom, I remember her, she would go drive all the way to Vancouver, she would work at this diamond shop. And at this diamond shop was her and probably six gay men. This was like her job. And she was telling me, me and her friend went over this week, and she, they went to uh, lunch, her and like six gay guys. And they would sit down, and a cute guy would walk by, and my mom and every single one of the guys at the table would all turn their heads. And my mom was like, stop it, he's mine. And I'm like, mom, that's disgusting. Anyways, but I thought about this. I'm like, man, my mom was able to do things. Like she would go to work, drive all the way to Vancouver, come home. And then at that point, we had an N64, come on somebody. And I played this Diddy Kong racing, which is kind of like an offshoot of Mario Kart. And me and my mom, every single night, she would come home and she would play this game with me. And it was the best thing in the entire world. We'd sit there and we'd watch Canucks games. Like I told my mom for the very first time, because I thought I was going to be a hockey player player, like an NHL player. I've never played hockey in my entire life. But as soon as I, they called the whistle and I saw one of the players kind of flick the puck up to a referee, I was like, I can't do that. That, that dream's done. And I had this whole conversation with me and my mom about how I wasn't going to be a hockey player because I couldn't flick the puck to the referee. And so I saw my mom be able to do things that I know if she was married, she would never be able to do. So when Paul used the language of singleness as a gift, a long-term single, I get that. Maybe you guys don't understand that. Maybe you come from an awesome home where both parents are there, love each other, like, oh, come here, honey. And you're like, oh, make them watch. Or like, whatever. I don't know. So maybe you guys are coming from that background. I did not come from that background. I come from a very different place. But what we first have to understand is that for singleness, for a majority of you in the room, is going to be a season. Think about this. For a majority of the people in the room, you are going to be married for longer than you are going to be single. So if that's the case, do not squander the opportunity and the gift that you have for this season to rush into something that you are always going to be in. You get what I'm saying? What I'm trying to get to the point of is a very simple statement. You need to take care of who you are before you take care of who you are with. Does that make sense? You have to take care of who you are before who you are with. That is very important because what you begin to realize is this preparation stage of your life is a season that you need to pay attention to and take advantage of. Last night, me and my wife are sitting down. She's folding laundry. We're watching Netflix, and we see Coach Carter on the screen. So I'm like, oh, we got to watch Coach Carter. For some of you, it came out the year that you were born, 2005. It's an amazing movie, Coach Carter. We start watching it. It's this movie about all of these, like, basketball players in the hood, and this coach comes up, and he just revamps the whole team. And the very first scene, he tells all the boys who are sitting there, like, all these, like, gangsters, and like, yo, what's up, man? And he's like, 
get to the baseline, and he just makes them sprint over and over and over again. And his perspective was preparation leads to the results of what you're looking for. Uh, there's a biblical principle to this. What you sow, you will reap. What you put out is basically what you're going to get into the end. So how does this have to do with being single? If singleness is the preparation, there's a lot of different things you have to learn about the preparation. Now let's be honest, this might, this might hurt someone, that's okay. If you are attracting guys by showing your body, do not be surprised that when you date someone, that's all they want. If you are attracting someone by showing off skin, do not be surprised that when you get into that relationship, that's what they want from you. If you are trying to attract girls by bravado, machismo, and being courageous and confident, do not be surprised when they want you to put on that mask all the time. The preparation is important for what you receive. It is more important for you to realize who you are than who you are with, and this is the point. For some of us, we don't understand that this season of our lives is meant for something. You as a high school student who are going through school and hating your teachers and getting around with friends, and this is all a part of a massive season of your life of figuring things out. Because one of the dreams that happens is we begin to believe that, oh, this problem that I have right now with this sin or this issue or this thing that I'm thinking about in my head or whatever, as soon as I get married, oh, that's all going to go away. So the porn thing that I have this, ah, whatever, when I get married, it's all over. Man, let me tell you, this is not a magic genie. You do not turn off a switch or turn on a switch as soon as you get married. Who you are when you are single is who you are when you are married. Who you are when you are single is who you are when you are married. And you begin to understand this uncomfortable truth that if you as a single person, you reside inside of the married you. If you're lazy, irresponsible, selfish, prideful, greedy, lustful, when you're single, you will still be Lazy, irresponsible, selfish, prideful, greedy, and lustful after you say, I do. Marriage will not instantly change you. It will only expose what was already inside of you. Singleness as a high school student is important because this is the time of your life where you get to figure out you. I don't get to have that. I have to depend and look at my wife and go, man, I have to take care of her needs. What she wants, ooh, let's make that thing happen. So when I make a mistake, I have to man up and I have to be the one to apologize. When she's like, oh, I just need some time, like take me on a date. Like I got to do that. I got to go take her on a date and be like, yeah, schnookums, whatever. Like I got to, you, you don't have to deal with that. You're like, what do I got I'm just going to binge watch seven hours of TV when I get home because I'm not accountable. Nobody else is accountable to me. My parents are telling me what to do, but I do not have to look at somebody else's needs over and above myself at this current moment. And this is a season that you are in. Do not rush into something that you are going to be in for the rest of your life. Sit here. Revel in this opportunity. I heard one guy say that this is a culture that automatically sits here and hates the idea of FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. But realistically, the thing that you should be thinking about in the back of your mind is FOSO. Fear of squandering opportunity. That's what people who are desperate for relationships as singles do. They squander this beautiful opportunity for you to figure out you. Now, some of us have this mindset that singleness is kind of like the lesser version of somebody who's in a relationship, dating somebody in high school or married. Man, if you start dating someone in high school or if you get married one day, man, you've made it. But being single sucks. Boo. That's not the perspective, Paul says. Paul goes, man, I wish everybody was single like me. I wish that you knew this gift or God had given you this gift because there's actually some value to this thing. 
Being a single individual is not something invaluable. Look at the people in the Bible who would say that they were single. Paul, kind of a big deal. Joseph in the Old Testament. Nehemiah. Martha, who hangs out with Jesus. Mary Magdalene. Jeremiah the prophet. And then there's one person who Jesus refers to this in uh, Matthew 11, 11. This is Jesus talking to a bunch of people. He says, truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no greater than John the Baptist. So from Jesus' own mouth, he says John the Baptist is the greatest dude that's ever stepped on this planet born of a woman. It's the greatest person. The greatest human being. And John the Baptist was a single man. So do not see singleness as something that is lesser or a, a, a dumber version of, oh, it's just because you haven't found someone yet. Or you, you're not married yet. This is not the perspective that you want to carry on as you grow older. Singleness is a gift. Your capacity is the highest. You have the most amount of flexibility. You can be the most dedicated to things. You're free from the anxieties of taking care of a girlfriend. You know, you're sitting there and you're just like, you know, maybe some of you are dating right now. And you already kind of feel this. You're like, oh my gosh, like, is she mad at me? Like, I just wanted to hang out with my friends. You always leave me for your friends. And you're like, oh my God. Like, if you're not with anyone, you don't deal with any of that nonsense. You're not going, Patricia, please, please. You're not doing any of that. You don't care. You sing out. Sin play Halo for seven hours or whatever. Whatever you guys play nowadays. Chopsticks. I don't know. Whatever you do. Just to hang out. Just relax. Singleness is a great season. You got you to learn things. Man, when you get married, one of the greatest things is that math doesn't make any sense anymore. When you get married, you think one plus one equals two. No, 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 no. Financially, when you get married, one plus one equals four. All of a sudden, you're like, how did, how is money flying? We just added one more human, and this money's flying everywhere. It's anxiety. Things that you never had to deal with before. You just had to account for yourself. When you're in college, ooh, you're buying ramen noodles like it's your job. You're like, yeah. You eat mac and cheese every day, and then one day your wife looks at you and goes, eat a salad. The pain of that comment. Oh, my gosh. You know? You're free from anxieties as a single. Singleness is a gift. Paul is clear that singleness is a gift because it allows us to devote ourselves to Christ without distraction. And for some of us, we have this default mode of singleness is something that we need to get past, but Paul says the exact opposite. I have a friend who's in the room. She was dating somebody, uh, not married by any point, but she was just dating someone. They broke up. Oh my gosh, this is the worst. Oh, crying. Oh. And then so that whole season went on. Oh my God. <laughs> I miss him so much. I'm like, yeah, oh my gosh, that sucks. And then we hung out this week and she goes, yeah, it's really crazy. I got rid of that relationship and I feel like I got my life back. That's true. Because you kind of did. All the worrying of them responding to the text message or have we talked lately or are we good? Like, are we on the same page? All of that goes away when you're single because you don't have to bother with those anxieties. And that's exactly why Paul is saying this is a gift. You don't have to deal with these earthly things. For some of us, we make a joke of the single. Uh, think about movies like The 40-Year-Old Virgin, right? That came out however long ago. The whole movie is just one big joke at this one guy who's 40 years old and hasn't slept with anyone. And everybody in the movie treats him like he's a baby. This is how we view singles. 
This is how we view people who aren't with someone. We see them as beneath us or they don't know things. And this kind of thing seeps into every single one of us. Behind the comedy of such movies lies a really serious belief, actually. One that's widespread in the Western world today. Without sex, you can't really experience what it means to be truly human. According to this thinking, our sense of personhood is directly attached to our sex life. To ignore this side of us is to deliberately not express and fulfill it. It is actually to do harm to ourselves. It is a fundamental aspect of our humanity, and repressing it is not healthy. Those who are long-term single are not just quaint and old-fashioned. We might actually be deluded. Something is very wrong with them. This is the way that modern movies portray single people. Old-fashioned, deluded, they do not understand, and they do not get it. See, choosing this way of life is questionable enough for them, but there is a unique distaste for those who might, in the name of religion, require of anybody else. Calling others to live sexually absent and outside of marriage is now regarded as unnecessary and cruel. And those wanting to uphold the Bible's teaching on sexual ethics or anything that's in, uh, around this kind of area is seen as causing damage to people. And all this means is what we're saying is crystal clear about what the Bible really says about these things. Singleness is the exact opposite of what modern culture says and goes, listen, if you as a single person cannot control yourself as a single person before you get married, think about this perspective. I grew up in this kind of weird era with my family that you got to be a manly man. You got to be strong and, and I'm like, what are we talking about right now? You have to be a strong man. That's always what I heard when I was growing up. Now just think about that idea. You've got to be a strong man, whatever that means. And I think to myself, maybe I'm in high school, and maybe you guys don't know my story, but I, I was dating this girl in high school, and uh, we were at a party. She was in my car. I drive her back to her house, and she goes, my parents aren't home. Do you want to go upstairs, and would you like to sleep with me? Right? So I'm like 17, driving a car. Girl looks at me and goes, I need you. And I was like, no. Like deer in the headlights, it was like the most, like it just came, like, no, I'm good, we're fine. Like I just started going to church, like everything in my heart was kind of changing. That is a crazy thing for someone in our modern, think about some of the guys in your high school. A girl walks up to them and says, huh? They're going, yep. So what's a stronger individual? is a stronger individual, someone who sees temptation in front of them and says, yeah, sure, let's go for it. Or is a stronger individual, someone who sees that same temptation and goes, I'm good. See, what we, we, we see as strength and power, which is guys in the locker room or guys in the hallway counting how many girls they have done so-and-so things with, and they, this is the power move, this is how I'm popular, this is how I'm cool, isn't strength, it's weakness. It's the ability to go there and go, oh, so whatever temptation you have, you, you can't deal with it. Because you don't think that's going to carry over. What about drinking? Somebody can't put a drink in front of you and then you just have eight and then all of a sudden you become, oh, so you can't control any of the, so whatever you feel like you want to do in that moment, you just have to, it's not strength. It's weakness. And Paul's view of life and the Christian view of us living a life is one of strength, is one of freedom. And Jesus' life that he offers is one of life to the full. 
the way that people who view themselves as singles is beautiful to me because some people, they never get married. Some people see this as a preparation time. One girl, her name is uh, Paige Benton Brown. I love the way that she says it. She goes, I am not single because I am too spiritually unstable to deserve a husband or too spiritually mature to need one. I am single because God is good and this is his best for me. Think about this. Think about you as a high school student who marriage or any of those thoughts, maybe you've never had them and are so far ahead of you. What if you had this perspective? I don't have to rush into dating someone. I don't have to rush into being with someone in high school because that seems like a crazy idea. What if your perspective was, I'm not single because I'm too spiritually unstable to deserve a husband or too spiritually mature to need one. I'm single because God is good and this is his best for me. Don't rush into things. Take opportunity of the opportunity, like take opportunity of the things that are in front of you, your ability to see the people who are ahead of you and go, man, actually my life with Jesus, it's more important about who I am than who I am with. What if that's the way you live your life? The crazy thing is that Paul, that we love, that we see as amazing and this brilliant theologian, this, this single guy probably wouldn't be able to lead some of the churches that we want to be a part of just because of our view of singles. Listen, you have an amazing opportunity. And for some of you, you see your worth in dating someone and being in a relationship with someone. And what I would say to that is that doesn't make any sense. If you have this perspective as a high school student that for me to be something in life, for me to have value or for me to have worth, I have to be with someone, let me just look at you in the face and go, that's a lie. It's a lie. And I have the greatest evidence of all time to declare that. If you think in your life you have to be with someone or marry someone in order to be something in life or to have any value, let me tell you that a single man changed the face of the planet by dying on a cross. Think about this. Whether you are a Christian or not a Christian, a single man, an unmarried man, changed the face of the planet regardless of where you live. If you lived in India, the world is different because of Jesus and you've been affected by it. If you live in China and you do not believe in Christianity whatsoever or that God even exists, Jesus has changed your life. How? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's 2019. Since when? Jesus? You know what I mean? People all over the planet celebrate Christmas and don't believe in him. Why? I don't know. Jesus? What about Easter and the Easter bunny with eggs that go everywhere? Non-Christians celebrate these things all the time. So why does Easter exist? I don't know. Jesus, a single man who was never married, changed the face of the planet. So the lie for you to say, me as a single, in the room going, oh, I want to date someone so bad. Don't be rushing into stuff. You're a high school student. Just relax. Sit with your parents. Let them tell you what to do. Listen to them, live at home, eat their food. If they do laundry for you, just hang out, man. This is a season for you to look at these people ahead of you. Your parents, who maybe they're in an amazing marriage, look to them and understand your perspective of them is, man, my life right now is somebody who doesn't have to be with anybody. It's more important about who I am than who I am with. Singleness is an opportunity for you to grow outside of taking responsibility for someone else in a dating or a married relationship. Listen, you and your relationship status is not your identity. Taken is not the most important part of your relationship. 
if you have an identity given to you by that one single man who changed the planet, if you actually see him as one who changed not only you, but everyone around you on a global scale, then what you begin to understand, if you have a relationship with him before you have a relationship with someone else, then your identity is not in taken. Your identity is not in single. Your identity is in the fact that you have been adopted by the God of the universe. And the sole identity that you have to adhere by is not taken, is not single. It's your child. And you are a child of the living God, adopted into his family. Why? Because he loves you. And he loves you to the point where he sent his son to die on a cross for you. So do not squander that by saying the only value, the only worth, the only, the only way I mean something is if somebody at my school or somebody on my team or somebody at work looks at me with some oogly googlies and texts me all the time and says sweet nothings to me. Because if this is how you build your life, then as you get later on, what you're going to see is that your heart is going to meld into so many people that will disappoint you and you will grow frustrated. Frustrated. And let me tell you, there is one where if you have a relationship with them, you will not grow frustrated. You will not grow weary. There is the God of the universe who looks to you and wants relationship. And he is the one who ultimately will never disappoint. Singleness is a beautiful opportunity for you, once again, to realize that it is more important for who you are and who you are with. Who are you becoming? What are you growing into? This is that season. Now, I'm not saying that when you get married, those things do not enhance the ability for you to grow. Of course. Me and my marriage, as I said last week, it's kind of like um, a hand to a sponge. My wife just applies the pressure sometimes of the things that whatever is already inside of me will come out. So if I'm angry, if I'm frustrated, if I'm the kind of person who fills my heart with, with those kinds of thoughts, then in a very tense situation, maybe we're in financial struggle or maybe we have a bit of a fight, whatever that pressure produces, whatever is already inside of me will come out and maybe I lash out, maybe I scream, or maybe I say something I shouldn't have said. Whatever is on the inside of you as a single will still be on the inside of you when you are married. So what do you do? Fix that now. Get some self-awareness. Get some mentorship. Ask your parents. Learn and grow and take the opportunity now as a high school student not to rush into relationships, but to look at yourself and go, God could actually do something with me right now because my value is not in dating someone. It's in being a child. And me being a child means that he is going to grow me and he is going to teach me and I'm going to learn. And this is actually one of the greatest seasons of my life. And I hope that you would understand that. So as we continue... And we go into the next couple of weeks, we will talk about the awkwardness of high school dating and why, if it happens, maybe Jesus could work in it. Or maybe you should avoid it. Or maybe this isn't for you. Or maybe you're not that kind of person. I know some of you are going to be, if I say to you, hey, don't date in high school, you're going to do it anyway. So let's have the conversation. And then we're going to continue on that conversation about sex. You can laugh now if you want to. Sex. <laughs> uh, and we will have that conversation as we go and uh, we work through the rest of this series. So let me pray for us. The band's going to join us and we can continue on the rest of our Thank you for listening to the Village Youth Podcast Show. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe.